Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on this Tuesday March 28th, 2023, Tyrese Proctor announces that he will return to Duke. He will play for the Blue Devils for his sophomore season. We're going to talk about that impact that it will have on next year's squad, some looming decisions that still need to be made, and a whole lot more coming up on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. As always, if you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Watch the show daily on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. We are so close to 1,000 subscribers. That's going to be a really fun milestone for us to celebrate here on the program. So hit that subscribe button. Share this video with your friends. We really would appreciate all of your support. Joining me on today's show, I'm very thrilled to have my good pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert from Ball Durham. Kevin, appreciate you taking some time to join me here again today. And uh, here we go. We've got Duke basketball news to discuss. Yeah, took took a, a week off, I guess, but off season now in, in full full swing for the Blue Devils. Getting to figure out what next year's roster will look like. We now know the first guy returning uh, in the freshman class is Tyrese Proctor. I think this is a massive decision uh, made by Tyrese. It will have such a positive impact on next year's team. Really, really thrilled that Proctor is returning for one more season. Yeah, you think of it, and it might not be the um, biggest decision, pending who, who else announces they're staying and they're leaving, but it certainly is probably the most impactful. Just because, I mean, there's your there's your point guard, assuming that Jeremy Roach doesn't fact on and he's played his last game at Duke. Tyrese Proctor, he steps in, and, and he's your starting point guard from day one um, next year, which really wasn't the case this year because it was Jeremy Roach and then Throughout the middle parts of the season, they, they switched from on-ball to off-ball with, with Roach and Proctor. But for Tyrese Proctor, there's no question about it. He's the Duke basketball starting point guard um, on November, whatever it is, uh, 2023. Yeah, the first game of the year, it's going to be Tyrese's show to run. Of course, got a couple of really talented guards coming in, and Jared McCain and Caleb Foster. Foster more of the traditional point guard, but I think Proctor has definitely earned the right to be that lead guard for the Stoop team. I mean, all throughout the season, he continued to really, really improve. There are parts of his game that are going to need to continue to improve going into next season. But, I mean, when you've got a reporter like Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN that's helping break this news, bring this report back, and in the headlines talking about the fact that Proctor is indeed a potential lottery pick in the 2024 NBA draft, that is reason enough to be really excited about what Tyrese could do next season. Yeah, and it helps Caleb Foster out too because I think Caleb Foster projects to be a Jeremy Roach-like player where I think he's going to spend multiple years in the program. Is that point guard that turned out to be? But for Tyrese Proctor, yeah, I mean, there were some questions if he was going to make that jump to the professional level. I mean, if if he didn't um, if he didn't necessarily have a, of a career in the NBA right off the bat as a freshman, he certainly could have had a pro- professional career in his home country of Australia and then tried to make the jump to the NBA or, or whatever it is. But um, it's, it's big news. It, it almost, you think he, he becomes 
um, a preseason All-American, whether it be first team, second team, third team, um, going into next year. Obviously, still a lot to be determined with the transfer portal and NBA draft decisions and all that stuff throughout the country. But you look at Tyrese Proctor, and believe it or not, he was the team's third leading scorer uh, this year behind Kyle Filipowski and Jeremy Rhodes. So you probably wouldn't think that, um, but he was. And um, let's be honest, there's a chance that he could be the team's top returning leading scorer, depending what Filipowski and Roach end up deciding to do. Yeah, no, there's a good way to look at it, because we do have those decisions still looming, of course, with Roach and Flip, uh, what they're going to do when you look at next year's team. Still an opportunity for them to be a part of it, but also a good chance that they decide to move on with their careers to another spot. On the floor, I think the area in Proctor's game that we would love to see continue to take that next step forward would be the outside shooting, right? I mean, at one point, this guy is shooting uh, in the low 20s from three-point range this past season. When you look at that percentage, that is not something you want to see at a school like Duke, out of a player as talented as Tyrese Proctor. The free throw percentage always stayed at an elite level, which is why we had faith that the three-point shot would start to come along, and it really, really did towards the end of the year. I think that's the one thing that we would love to see be more consistent uh, and take that next big step would be Proctor's three-point shooting. Yeah, of course. And, and that was, we talked about it multiple times this year, the three-point shooting in Tyrese Proctor. And like you said, it, it did come along uh, late in, in the season. But one thing I think you have to keep in mind is Tyrese Proctor didn't get to Durham until what, late August, early September? because Very late, of, yeah. Because, because what he was doing with the Australian men's national team um, and whatever it was, the, the FIBA Americas or the FIBA World, World Cup or whatever that tournament was. So he didn't get there till late. He was the last freshman. He was the last player on the roster to get to campus. So that's maybe that's why you saw his development um, a little bit slowed at the beginning of the season compared to some other players like a Flip or a Mark Mitchell who were making an impact right away. But Tyrese Proctor, he stayed in the gym. He continued to work. He just kept grinding at the game of basketball, and you saw it come to fruition late in the season. You saw hit that confidence grow game after game. You saw the three-point shooting coming around. And I I think in ESPN story, he said he is going to go home um, for a couple of weeks in the summer just to see his family. But once that's over, he's going to be right back on the plane, right back in Durham, and he's going to be working in the gym. And remember, one big thing about Tyrese Proctor is he already has a relationship with the incoming freshman class because he was supposed to be in that <laughs> class. Throughout throughout this week, you heard uh, Mackenzie Mbako and Jared McCain talk about at the McDonald's All-American game press conferences how, like, Proctor's their friend already. Proctor's going to be a, a great leader. He's going to be able to help them transition to Duke because he was supposed to be in that 2023 recruiting class, or he was before he reclassified up a year in, into 2022. So I think Tyrese Proctor, it, it's it, – what he's going to be able to do for Duke next year is you can't put a, a, you can't quantify it in terms of on the court and also off the court. Big time decision made by Tyrese Proctor to return to Duke for his sophomore season. We'll continue to talk about that and a little bit more after we take our first time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The tournament is heating up. We're heading to the Final Four in Houston, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. 
then you can wager on everything from the money line to point scores to which team will be cutting down the net this weekend in the Final Four, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Tell me about Ball Durham, Kevin. Ball Durham, we're, we're rolling in off-season coverage right now. Um, unfortunately, we talked about the men's and the women's team losing in the NCAA tournament, but now um, decision time for all the players. It turns like college basketball, it turns, every player has to announce it feels like whether they're coming back or they're not coming back. Or no transfer kidding. Or yeah. not. It, it, I guess it, it, it's good for uh, guys like us. It gives us a lot of content now in, in these March and uh, April uh, weeks to talk about things. But, um, no, we got it all covered. Um, obviously, now you're getting into that season um, in high school ball with a lot of showcases and All-American games, and obviously Duke's got a lot of players in that, so we're all on top of that as well. Um, so we still got a lot covered over at Ball Durham before you know, but before you know, it'll be football season too. Yeah, check it out, Ball underscore Durham on Twitter and follow Kevin on Twitter as well at Kevin Connolly24. So talking a little bit about Tyrese Proctor, his impact on next year's squad. Uh, you mentioned that this summer he's gonna get a chance to go back home for a few weeks. I am a massive family guy myself. I adore that. I can only imagine the challenges when you go all the way from Australia as we saw Jack White manage for four years to playing a basketball career in Durham, North Carolina, there aren't very many opportunities for Proctor to get back home. So super, super excited that he's going to get that chance, but then even more excited that he's coming back to play for Duke one more season, at least. Yeah, and you you just wonder what it's like on a kid who, who I mean, obviously Proctor has traveled around um, playing basketball, coming from the NBA Global Academy. So so he has spent time away from his family playing basketball. But I would imagine nothing like he just faced uh, at, at Duke. And, I mean, he, he's still – All the way at, in another country and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he's still at Duke because he still has to finish um, his freshman year. So I guess, what, at the beginning of May, he'll finally be able to to go home for a couple of weeks. But, yeah, kind of just packing up, leaving it, and, and going to a foreign country with play, people you know but you really don't know. And it's that whole learning curve of – of even a new style of basketball and college basketball. It's way different from the international game um, that he was accustomed to. And uh, it, it was really remarkable to see his progression so far uh, in the season. And you're only expecting that to continue going forward. And, and let's be honest, a lot of people have him as a projected lottery pick um, for the 2024 NBA draft. So they're expecting a really big year out of Tyrese Proctor. And I won't lie. So am I. Yeah, good reason why. I mean, that three-point shot is the one thing that we want to see continue to improve. I thought he uh, did a fine job on the defensive end of the floor this past season for Duke. Excited to what he's going to be able to do uh, defensively next year. His playmaking, though, I mean, there were some moves in that game against Tennessee. Dribble crossovers that he had, one-legged shots that he was able to knock down. I mean, just silly, silly shot-making ability uh, from Proctor this past season. And then we've often, often lauded his passing ability throughout his recruiting process, saw some remarkable passes this past season. But I think even still, he can improve in that area as well. He's known as a pass-first guy. Uh, I really think we can see his assist numbers go up next year too. 
Yeah, absolutely. You want to see the assist numbers go up, the turnover numbers go down, go down, and so on and so forth. Um, but like you said, in that Tennessee game, I mean, he was a pro. Like yeah. Purdue, like he looked like a professional basketball player out there. Um, and like you said the the fadeaways, the turnarounds, the one-legged shots. It was it was really impressive. And and he kept Duke in that game for as long as they were in it up until the final four minutes or so. Um, so Tyrese Proctor again, at all preseason All American, perhaps even the end of the year. Um, he's the ACC player of the year or, or, or something like that. First team all ACC. I can see that type of year coming for Tyrese Proctor next season. It was good for Proctor to come in. He had obviously Jeremy Roach there as well. Jeremy Roach started the season at that lead guard spot. Jalen Blakes was a sophomore who, while did not have very much uh, playing experience his freshman year, less than 100 minutes on the floor as a freshman, had been in the program for a season and was able to kind of offer that level uh, of insight and expertise. Jacob Grandison, another guard that was well-seasoned and had tons of experience. Even someone like Max Johns, who was so far down the depth chart for this Duke team but had been in the college game for quite some time. Now Proctor is going to be able to have that impact on these guards coming in, on Caleb Foster and Jared McCain as they come in and and join a backcourt for Duke that's going to be talented next year. The roles are going to reverse going into next season, Kev. Absolutely. And and that's kind of the biggest thing. You need that leader. You need someone who's been there and done that. And I think what we talked about last offseason with Jeremy Roach returning is that it was so great because he played in all the big games. He played an ACC championship game. He played in the final four. Like he was going to lead this team into battle and he knew what was coming ahead of him. Now, Tyrese Proctor, I guess it's a little bit different. I mean, he did play in an ACC championship game and won it, although he only advanced to, to the round of 32 in the NCAA tournament. So he doesn't have that much NCAA tournament experience as you would like, like Jeremy Roach did going from his sophomore to his junior year. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe that's the one, not negative, but that's just the one thing to, to look out for. But, but once, once the ball goes up, it's, it's just basketball. It's just a bunch of guys out there hooping. And the fact that he knows those guys already, too, like we mentioned, them talking so much uh, about their times being on the recruiting path together. At one point, Proctor was in their class uh, and just so excited to see all those guys in a backcourt together. Then we can get into conversations as to what the rotation would look like uh, with all those guards. But let's finalize, you know, where Roach is in all of this and where other players are going to be. So still plenty of weeks and days and episodes of Locked On Blue Devils to go before we get more into that conversation. But just, uh, again, Kevin, really, really thrilled. I think a lot of people ultimately expected Proctor would make this decision, but I don't know, man. The way he had been playing the last few weeks and knowing how much uh, his size and and just the, the scouts' love for his game, there was a part of me that was worried maybe Proctor would go ahead and test the waters. But he is, in fact, coming back to Duke for his sophomore season. Yeah, and I think also the something that plays a big factor in that is like NIL. NIL. I, I don't know if three, four years ago, does Tyrese Proctor really come back? I, I think that's a Fair. serious question. So, so you get NIL, you get you get to make your money at Duke um, for for a season, and then if you if your play dictates it, you become a lottery pick, and then you get those X of millions of dollars um, that you deserve for being an NBA Amen. lottery pick. So, I, I think NIL um, that NIL could also play a factor in a lot of other guys returning for Duke um, this offseason that maybe you didn't think that could also be a factor in who stays and who goes. You're listening and watching Lockdown Blue Devils here today on Tuesday, March 28th. Tyrese Proctor is returning to play for Duke for his sophomore season. 
I'm JJ Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. We've got a few more decisions that need to be made by the freshman, and then Jeremy Roach is a big one. Uh, we could possibly see other guys on the roster. We've mentioned Jalen Blakes, Jaden Shoot, Christian Reeves. Do they return to Duke or do they enter the transfer portal that's got a million names in it already? All those decisions set to be made. I mean, Kevin, let's just kind of talk about these other dominoes that need to fall for Duke in the coming days. Well, I think the two foregone conclusions, in just my opinion, um, are Derek Whitehead and Derek Lively. I think both are going to the NBA. For Derek Whitehead, he kind of just said it after the Tennessee game that he was ready for the next chapter. It was a tough year for Derek Whitehead. I Again, I'm still the leader of the Derek Whitehead bandwagon, <laughs> um, but just given the injuries basically from the start, what broken foot in August, um, and it was an uphill climb from there, the injury uh, against Virginia Tech um, to his lower leg strain, it was just a really tough year for Derek Whitehead. You didn't get to see the real Derek Whitehead, but – because of those injuries, it, it's, it not only forces his hand, but it, it even further proves the point that he's got to go to the NBA. Derek Lively, I think, is an NBA-ready defender, and I think you saw him – you saw also, like Tyrese Proctor, that learning curve just swoop right up for, for Derek Lively. Now, obviously, rawer than raw, raw offensively, but defensively, he can impact shots all around the rim. He, he's a traditional – uh, or he's a new day NBA big where he could switch, he can guard on the perimeter, he can guard inside. Now he's going to have to bulk up. He's yeah. certainly going to have to get stronger and bulk up. But I think his defensive potential is just too high. That will make him um, a lock as a first-round pick. So you think those two guys, their decision has already been – or it, it seems like a pretty easy decision to make. I think we heard similar reports from – Brendan Marks of The Athletic when he was on the show last week. So there's two guys, uh, and then there are two more freshmen in Mark Mitchell and Kyle Filipowski that need to make a decision. And then the big one, the junior, uh, Jeremy Roach, whether or not he returns to Duke for his senior season. So Mark Mitchell, I think, is interesting. I think the signs right now are pointing that he returns. However, you look at the incoming freshmen, and you have players like Sean Stewart and Mackenzie Mbako who – and Mark Mitchell, it seems like they're all listed at the same size. They kind of play the same position. Now, Mbako can move around. Mbako can play the three. Mbako can play the four. Kind of the same as Mark Mitchell. I feel like Mark Mitchell and Sean Stewart are very similar. Now, Sean Stewart won, won the uh, McDonald's All-American dunk contest last night. So you, you saw his crazy yeah. <laughs> athleticism. Um, but I, I'm a little bit want to pump the brakes on Sean Stewart and the expectations around him coming in as a freshman. I think he's another multi-year player that John Shire has recruited, despite him being a, a top 15 player and a McDonald's All-American. So I could see Sean Stewart coming off the bench and Mark Mitchell in that starting five next year, should he return. And, and it seems like the signs are pointing that way. For Kyle Filipowski, it feels like the ultimate question mark. I've heard people say, they think he's coming back. I've heard people say they think he's going pro. My opinion, this is strictly opinion on this, is is besides winning a national championship, what more can Kyle Filipowski prove at the college level? I mean, he did it all for this team. As a freshman, he led Duke, winning an ACC championship, um, and really he was there from game one to game end. And Kyle Filipowski led this team in more ways than you can imagine, and no one had expected it. Um, coming into the season. Now it also brings up the question of, of NIL. Could Kyle Filipowski, in terms of his his salary, his money, could he make more as a sophomore at Duke or in, as 
a G League player? Or yeah. does a team really like what they see in Kyle Filipowski and take him in the first round? I would, if this is purely my guess, and this is what I would think Kyle Filipowski does, I would test the waters while maintaining your college eligibility. And I think a lot of players should do that because what's the harm in it? Obviously, you could get bad information that that so that's more on the players if you want to surround yourself with the right people. But but that's my thing for Kyle Filipowski, and that's what I think he should do. I think he should go and test the waters and, and see what's out there, and then make his decision. I hadn't thought about that, but you're exactly right, man. There is that chance that uh, he does want to test the waters and still leave hope that uh, he could be returning to Duke for one more season. That might be the move for Filipowski there for sure. Uh, all right, so as we wind down, you did mention some of those freshmen coming in, and it is showcase week, uh, the start of a showcase weeks period, right, when you've got the McDonald's All-American game, the Nike Hoop Summit coming up, and all these big showcases for the seniors. Tell us a little bit about the festivities last night. What was notable uh, for Duke guys there at the McDonald's All-American? Jared McCain's going to be the, one of the best Duke shooters of all time. That's what we saw <laughs> in the McDonald's All-American American Game three-point shootout. He made 19 of his 25 attempts from three. It, wow. was, it was incredible. He's become the 11th uh, future Duke player to win the three-point shootout, first since uh, Cam Reddish. Um, J.J. Reddick has won it. Shane Battier, Luke Kennard, ton of big-time shooters um, that have played at Duke have won it. Sean Stewart. Won the dunk contest. He threw a windmill down over Mackenzie Mbako, who stands at six foot eight. So that was wild to see. Uh, and then you'll have uh, on Tuesday night, and um, you'll have a bunch of guys playing at the Nike Hoop Summit um, the following week. And then at the end of April, um, the Iverson Classic, where we'll finally get to see uh, Caleb Foster and TJ Power play in one of these showcase events. Really excited, man. Duke basketball, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, in the coming weeks to see these decisions, to see the freshmen get set to start their Duke career. Uh, certainly can't wait. And Kevin, looking forward to our next conversation with you here on Locked on Blue Devils. Appreciate the time, man. We'll do this again soon, okay? Absolutely, JJ. All right, that's Kevin Connolly joining us here on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. We'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.